As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Rainbow Skyline Podcast on The Athletic. Nice pass, Jokic! That's a joke. Not in my house. And I told him, listen, if you see me around Denver, Colorado, anywhere, it's all about the Nuggets right now. Rainbow. Rainbow. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Rainbow Skyline Podcast. I'm Dave DeFore. Kendra Andrews, looking refreshed after a trip (laughs) out to the mountains. We're back. We're here. Everybody's taking a break. And... We needed a guest for this week, so I hit up Seth Partnow, my partner in crime over on Nerd She Wrote on the Athletic NBA show. Seth, hi. I feel like uh, we haven't talked in almost a week. Weird. It is weird. Um, hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the reason you're here is I thought we could do one of our little nerder critiques and, you know, you being an expert on NBA front offices and making changes and all of these things. I I wanted to talk about what you do if you're in the Nuggets position. They were one game away from the Western Conference Finals last season. They made the Western Conference Finals this season. It feels like this is a team on the precipice of a finals run. So what what happens now? The first thing that happens is everyone sleeps for a a couple days. And and actually, that that happens um, usually. I mean, in normal times, it's kind of – Two or three days later, because the day after uh, you get knocked out of the playoffs, it's like it, it's it's exit interviews, which is just a weird day because people are kind of pr- like nobody actually wants to be there, but you do them and you process through, and everyone talks and and you know you, you what we're working on this summer and talk to you in a couple of weeks and away you go. So and then you maybe take a you know a day or two to decompress because you do need to as much as possible. Um, Look at things with a with a really unemotional eye, just to to really assess what worked, what didn't, how close are you really, um, and and kind of start from there. So, all right, so you you sleep and you you're assessing, but this is obviously you've got a running tabulation of sorts going during the regular season. Like, so it's not like they lose. Everyone takes a, a little break, and now you got to go to the drawing board all over again. They've been doing draft prep and free agency prep for what two years leading up to this offseason? Uh, 
I mean, these days with as as early look as you get at at, at kids in, in grassroots, I mean, there's there's definitely guys who who are in this draft who've been on the radar for. I mean, how long has Lamelo Ball been on on? Not that he's a concern necessarily for the Nuggets, but he's someone who has been known by in NBA teams for probably close to five years. So with with the Nuggets, you know, obviously you they've been assessing kind of this steady growth that they've been having over the last several years. Now it's time to continue that. You can't, it would be a disappointment for them if they didn't progress and they didn't take that next step, whether that means just being a little bit more competitive in the Western conference finals, you know, hopefully getting to an NBA finals. If you are the nuggets, what are the the biggest areas that you're looking to, you know, improve on? I was, I did a mailbag a couple of days ago and someone asked, you know, is it, do they need another big guy to go along with Nicole Jokic and a new backup for him? Do you need more depth in the backcourt? Like what are the areas that the Nuggets really need to be honing in on uh, to take to take that next step? Well, I want to back up one step earlier. I mean, you, you talked about progressing from uh, the Western Conference Finals. And I think that mindset is almost the most dangerous place you can be because you don't start next year at the Western Conference Finals. You have to earn your way back there again. Um, and it, that, that is an achievement this year to be celebrated, but you can't, you can't rest on that and count on that. So, the, so you do have to, okay, what do we have to do to maintain the level that we reached and then progress, not skip all the way to progressing, if that makes sense. Totally. And I, th- and, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a problem that teams sort of have fallen into in the past where especially if there's kind of a a somewhat fortuitous run deep in the playoffs whether via matchups or anything else and you know the nuggets were 9 and 10 in the playoffs this year so yes western conference finals but also um so you do have to be a little bit you know hard-edged about okay really how close are we and what do we need from there so, so specifically, though, to to her question, yeah, um, when you when you think about the way that they treat Jokic in particular at the end of games, it does make sense that you would want to get, you know, maybe a defensive big. It, it I understand that for this team, like they love that Plumlee can operate the offense as a passer so much, but it's just it, it's such it, it stands in stark contrast when you when you say this is the defensive substitution, and then you watch Plumlee play. The way he plays, yeah. great, great passer, fantastic passer. Got really good two man game with Monty Morris. But if that's your defensive sub, you got issues. Yeah, and I think that so they have they have operated in a way that requires for them to go where they want to go. Requires Jamal Murray to kind of take that next leap, which largely in the bubble in the playoffs he did. And if that happens, then you. I don't think you actually need that offensive skill set in your second center because you have somewhere else to you can okay well Jokic is out of the game now we're just going to you know go go iso or mid pick for 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 Jamal Murray and it'll be fine for those those minutes. So I do think that if you're doing a defensive sub or even just a change of pace whether it's like a pure like uh dive and dunk kind of guy um I do think that's a spot where where um a little bit of upgrade is is would would be useful because 
you know, I think conditioning is probably always going to be an issue for Jokic in his career. Um, and even just being able to play him a few minutes less uh, in, in games that are sort of comfortable would, would probably help in the long run. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if Nerlens Noel might be an option for them. That would be kind of interesting. Uh, the Jeremy Grant decision seems like a no-brainer to me. They got to bring him back, right? Um, I would, I would certainly think so. He's been, a, and Kendra and I, would, uh, I think we mm-hmm. we talked about this at the beginning of the season. Almost, he's been a, he's been a really interesting player to watch over his career. In that, he's a guy who I've always liked, and has not always performed especially well in kind of advanced metrics. And this, the regular season this year was kind of followed that trend as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you get in the playoffs and um, whether it was, you know, him having more confidence in, in his jump shot or, uh, you know, his defensive versatility, he became their easily their third most important player in the playoffs, I thought. Um, I, I think some of that, they stumbled on him as a wing. Instead of shoehorning him as a backup big for Millsap or Jokic. And I, I do think that he has more utility there. I mean, his ability to attack the basket, that was the reason that they they won that game against the Lakers, was him being able to attack from the wing and to hold up defensively on the on the wing. Yeah, and I think the 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 big change just from an offensive standpoint was um his willingness to just shoot. That's always been you know, in the last couple of years of his career, he's developed into a into a good percentage guy from three point range, but he hasn't always been especially willing. And I think that um, you know, making people close out to him because he'll shoot if you don't opens up the rest of his game a lot. Because I don't think he's a guy who is likely to, you know, ever just square a guy up and take a guy to the basket. But if you're but attacking a closeout, I think he can definitely do that. We'll be right back after a message from some of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I feel like we've talked, you know, I know that Dave and I have talked extensively about, you know, Jeremy Grant and and how the Nuggets should really want to bring him back. But I don't think we've talked a lot about like, what if they can't, you know, he he has the player option. He might probably will turn it down to try and get more money because he wants more than the 9.3 weighting. You know, the Nuggets aren't a team that is very willing to go into the luxury tax. I don't think they've done that since the 2009-10 season. So what if, what if there isn't, they can't come to a resolution. What do you do from there? Do you think, is it, I mean, I don't know. I was looking at sign and trade opportunities over the weekend, but I just don't see a lot of teams that have enough in return to give the Nuggets what they would want for Jeremy Grant, especially from the teams that might be interested in that. Who then, what are the the people that you 
try to replace him with because we've talked a lot about, oh, if Mason Plumley and Paul Millsap go, here's who you'd, the type of player you'd want to target to fill those roles. But what if Jeremy Grant does not come back to Denver next season? I mean, that's the, you start to look at the, uh, the available free agents this summer. And especially in, in, if you're thinking of him as a wing, it's pretty barren, pretty fast. And if, if he goes, it's a downgrade. I mean, it's, there, there's kind of no way around that unless you can kind of engineer some sort of sign and trade, whether it's, um, I don't know, one idea I've seen floating around, which I don't really love from the Nuggets perspective, but could make sense is like sign and trade him to the Lakers for, for Danny Green. Um, which I, I don't love that, but but if, it, if if that's the best you can do, I don't know. Um, on the other hand, um, they they are in a, in a in a reasonably good position to keep him, even if he does turn down his player option, just because uh, there's not a lot of money out there this summer, and the teams that have money are generally either not that good awesome. or or they're Miami and and uh, wait, it's Miami's face this summer. I don't remember. Um, or no, they're, they're just they're. They're, they they're they're bad teams and so no one has much more than the you know the mid-level to offer him and so you know could the nuggets get him back for something in the you know 14 million a year range yeah, I, I think that's I think that's possible I think that's a reasonable number for him um you know how if you're how happy you'd be paying him you know 55 million dollars over four years um you can argue about that but it doesn't seem like a bad bit of business considering that the alternatives are mediocre. <laughs> to say the least. Wait, are you saying you wouldn't just start Michael Porter Jr.? Just slide him right into the starting lineup if you lost Jeremy Grant? Um, I think that the, the stake has to catch up to the sizzle there. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, you know, you can score, right? Right. You're not going to defend at all, but maybe you just go, hey, we're going to Will Barton at the two. We're just going to try to score 130 points a game. I, I mean, I don't think that that's winning basketball necessarily, right. but mm-hmm. it's at least an option. Uh, I, obviously, Jamal Jam, having Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic is, is the ultimate luxury, right? Like you've got the two hardest pieces to get. But, you know, I mean, you work for the Bucks. You know that it's the hardest thing to do is once you've gotten that, now the next hardest thing is how do you fill in around it? And so, you know, when you look at this team, obviously defense is the big glaring issue. Who it, it, There's nobody that pops in your head that like, oh, they would solve all these problems. The only people I can come up with are like trade for Marcus Smart, trade for Ben Simmons. That would help the defense tremendously. <laughs> I mean, or trade trade for Drew Holiday, but that probably takes Jamal Murray. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Unless you no, can, unless you can so. find, unless you can, I mean, would you trade Porter and Gary Harris and whatever else New Orleans asked for, for Drew Holiday? I, I, I think about it's that. That's interesting. But, um, um, no, I, you did mention Porter. And the one thing we did notice in the playoffs is, is he's someone who, for the most part, gave effort on defense. It's just more, more a consideration of, of, of staying in scheme a little bit better. And that's something that ba- that young players tend to get better at, but it's also something that there's kind of an upper limit. If a guy just never knows where he's supposed to be going, he can work as hard as possible and still be a, a bad defender. So um, you can he's hope- also, he's also been physically limited yeah. for so far in his career. So I wonder what it'll look like 
when he's got an off season where he's able to train to a certain degree. And I, you know, we still don't know what training camps are going to look like, but I'm assuming there's at least going to be an abbreviated camp. So yeah. maybe, maybe he looks different because as you said, and I think it's important to point out the effort was there. I mean, he was trying his damnedest. He's just, he's just really bad. <laughs> he's, just, he's, just, he's just looking, he's, he's, he's just looking at the wrong things on the court. And that's, and, and that's, that's partially a young player thing and partially sort of what we knew about him already as kind of a, a guy who was very, uh, focused on, on bucket getting. You, you mentioned when you were talking about Justin Holiday, you Drew mentioned, Holiday. or Drew, sorry, Drew, Drew Holiday. Holiday. Yeah. Not Justin. Too many holidays. I mean, yeah. my goodness. When you're talking about Drew Holiday, you mentioned trading Gary Harris. And I mean, Gary Harris is a guy who has not been as good as he was. You know, I think he hit his stride a couple, couple years ago and was playing really well and has kind of just fallen off from the what he used to produce for Denver. I mean, when, and there, it probably isn't just one answer, but like, when do the Nuggets kind of let, let go of him and not say, oh, we're trying to get rid of him, we're trying to get rid of him, but are just okay with getting rid of him and using him as an asset to try and bring in something better? And kind of the same goes maybe a little bit with Will Barton. He's battled through a lot of injuries. You know, when is it? okay in time for them to kind of see what else is out there for those two guys. Um, I, I think that there's probably more out there for Barton. I think that Harris is probably the way he's viewed and the way he's played the last couple of years. He's viewed probably as more of a negative asset given his contract. Um, now someone might be willing to take him on for, you know, relatively cheap if they think that, uh, you know, uh, okay. Atlanta needs needs another guy in their backcourt who can who can who can guard and and maybe we can get him healthy and and the shot will come back when he gets healthy. And so yeah, we'll take him into cap space. Maybe that's out there. But in terms of him being on his own, something that is going to fetch a return, I think he's more useful in that way um, as kind of a salary to include to get to the mm-hmm. player you actually want. So it's probably like. You know, a lot of the trades you'd be talking about would be Harris and Porter because Porter doesn't make any money. So, getting a getting a, an established player, um, you're gonna it's gonna require you know Harris's Harris's contract basically to 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 make it work. Yeah, you're using Porter basically. Yeah. To, when when would there. you? Because I mean, Porter has been like you know Denver's. I don't want to say golden boy because he's not golden, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The next best thing. Kind of, like, but when does he become someone who they're like, yes, we will trade him. Because I just, I feel like it definitely should and could be a possibility. And I just feel like Denver is so hooked on him right now. How long, like how many seasons do you give him to try and tap into his potential before Denver seriously says, you know what? He can be a really good asset for us to get someone better, different, more experienced. The, the conversation around this is always weird. Um, I don't know if you're 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 not necessarily rushing out to try and trade him. Um, I don't think there's any reason for him to not to to be off the table in when you start to get into. Uh, conversations for like a high-end player who can, you know, a guy who would be a starter 
on 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 next year's Nuggets team. Um, he taking him off the table in those discussions. I think he should be on the table now. Now that doesn't mean like oh we need to be rid of him. Um, and I think this is a mistake that teams make with players they draft, especially a player who is a you know a controversial selection or a reach or someone they've found. Uh, you know, you see it with with teams with guys that they, you know, draft in the second round who become really good. It's like because it's a it's a it's a it's a evidence of how good we are as a front office that we found this guy. You know, with 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 Michael Porter Jr. It's we were the team that was that had the the fortitude to take this risk, and it's paying off for us now. And so we have instead of. Um, instead of turning that into to value that can help the team now i think there is a little bit of uh of you know the endowment effect that that, that goes on there for teams so i would i wouldn't be in a rush to get rid of him but i would you know be i wouldn't be more willing to hang on to him just because of all that you know that uh that psychological benefit of being right on the draft pick we'll be right back after this Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, as we wrap up, I want to talk about the most important nugget, and that's Bol Bol. They got him on a two-way deal. I know they're very high on him. Um, he showed – honestly, like I, I thought that what he showed in the bubble I – mean, he looked like a rookie, no doubt. But he looked like a really talented rookie. Um, he's probably – I mean, they're going to keep him on the two-way deal, I'm assuming. Kendra, I don't know if, you, if you've got any reporting on that. Uh I think he's going to he's going to be up with the big team next year, right? Like he's going to blow through that 45 days. I I would consider converting him just because especially since they do not have a G League team. Mm-hmm. Um that there's you know this is an advantage that teams have that have a G League team kind of in the same market is that you can he can be in the facility but while not being up with the big team kind of thing. Um, yeah. and, and Denver doesn't have that. And I think especially from like a, a strength conditioning and training perspective, I think that they would like their hands on him as much as possible. Um, and the flexibility, the two way contract gives them is nice, but I think I would much rather, uh, try to maximize our ability to make him a, a, a good player as soon as possible rather than kind of fiddle around with the, with, you know, the, the, the salary cap and uh, implications of that and, and use that two-way slot to try to find the next kind of hidden gem. And I mean, I think yeah, even I, this, I, I was going to say, even this season, you know, he spent, he only played eight games in the G league and, and, you know, I think the way the 45 days is counted is kind of murky and unclear, at least from my perspective, because oh, he it's, was, it's a huge pain. It's a you, huge you pain for us. Because he look was at with the, the team <laughs> far more than 45 days. So what is he, what count is it the 45 days that he's actually training, but then when he's watching film that doesn't, you know, whatever the limits are, whatever it's not, 
he spent more time with the team than 45 days. And I think because of that, like Kendra breaking news, getting (laughs) getting the nuggets fined for circumvention. Sorry. I, you know, I actually think ultimately the league is going to fix the 45 day rule and it's going to be X number of games played because the way it's being used as like it's a good development tool, or, I think, for or the at league. least games active, if not games played. Yeah, you don't right. you don't want to be in a situation where a guy is is in in uniform and the coach like uh, like you want to put him in the last two minutes of a blowout and the front office is going no, don't waste it, don't waste right. the game. Right, right. But as soon so, as like maybe as soon as you put him in uniform for a game, right. it, it counts. And so, like I said, right I don't now, know what fully counts as the forty five days. My point was just saying I think that because he'd spent a decent amount of time with the Nuggets last season, almost as Michael Porter did with just watching, observing, learning from that point of view, I could see them doing a similar thing where don't send him back down to the G League like what Seth said. It's not even their team. He's not even going to learn how to play our system. If the Nuggets actually play him as they did in the bubble as a forward, if he goes down to the G League, he'll be played as a center in a completely different way. So it's probably more beneficial for everyone in that situation to keep him closer with the team than further away. Yeah, he's – I mean, he's such a unique sort of player, obviously, that – I would again. I would want to be very hands on with the the kinds of reps he's getting, um, and obviously practice reps and and uh, and uh, church league as it's called reps aren't the same thing as as game <laughs> reps. Uh, but at least you can you can you're making sure you're putting him into spots that are similar to the spots you're going to put him in when when you're ready to play him, as opposed to like you said, if he's playing as a center and and you know just being used as like a, I don't know, like a pick and pop big or mm-hmm. whatever he might for someone else's G league team. I like that's, that's good. Game action is good, but I'm not sure how, how helpful that's going to be for uh, what, what the nuggets want to do. Uh, do you pick up the option on Monte Morris and, or the guarantee? Do you guarantee Monte Morris and yeah. PJ Dozier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no brainers. Look, yeah. The nuggets have been really good. And, and so I'm really curious to see how they handle this this summer. Obviously, the, can they get Millsap to come back on a, on a super cheap deal? Like, does he enjoy what they're doing enough to come back, or does he start ring chasing? I mean, you know, he's up there, um, and, and still was for the most part a, a functional player for them. I mean, certainly had bad moments, but I, I think in that series against the Lakers, he showed the the value that he still has. Not thirty million dollars of value, but. You know, definitely a guy you'd like to have on the roster. I wonder if if there's a way to transition him into that that sort of backup five role that that we're talking about. Um, That's what we said a couple we weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I I yeah. I don't know if I you know I don't know if he at, at this point in his career can be a, a high end starter yeah. anymore. Yeah. But I mean, I think certainly the 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 toughness and 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 shot making and. Uh, you know, his mobility is maybe not what it was, but he can still guard. He still knows yeah. where to be. Um, he's still got great hands. And so. can play with Jokic. So if you want him out there to close, like you've got that option. I, I think that's the move. And it's interesting that you said, Dave, too, you mentioned, does he go ring chasing? And it's like, well, you look around at where the Nuggets are, where, what they're trying to achieve and the other teams around the league. It's like, if he, if he went to another team, it probably wouldn't be in the top you know, four or five teams in the Western Conference, which is where the Nuggets will probably, you know, end up next season. But so it's it's like if he went somewhere else, 
is he really going to have a better chance at winning a ring than he would on this Denver Nuggets team? I, I think Kendra's saying that veteran free agents should be coming to Denver to ring chips. Is that? <laughs> I have I, I have I have no real information on this, but I will note that a, t- a team coached by someone who used to who, with whom Paul Millsap had great success uh, is also going to be in the market for kind of players. So mm-hmm. um, again, I did. Is he someone that would make sense for Milwaukee? I don't know, but have I I do know that uh, that that coaching staff uh, greatly enjoyed their time with him. Well, uh, all right. That's going to do it for this week. <laughs> Seth, thank you so much. I, I appreciate your perspective always. But in particular, it's nice to get a chance to dig in on one team a little bit. I look forward to you and Kendra uh, doing a written version of this at some point. Uh, I'm going to put work on your plate. But it would be really good to see. Just There are so many paths I think this team can take because they have assets and they have, you know, like a couple of really great players I think, look, I think this is a potential finals team next year. I want to see what the Vegas odds look like, but I can't imagine with the success that they've had. And given that next season's likely to be at least pretty close to what the bubble was like. And so, you know, maybe we're going to get that, that, you know, Super Mario version of Jamal Murray. Um, I I don't know, man, this, this team could do it. So Seth, thank you. You I appreciate you showing up. Uh, I just cut you off. What were you about to say? No. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, But thanks for coming. Uh, For Kendra, I'm Dave, and uh, we'll be back, I think, ahead of the draft so that we can talk about potential draft prospects for the Nuggets. Uh, Until then, uh, make sure you go subscribe to The Athletic. A buck a month. It's a good deal.